Well, good morning, everyone. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, if you're visiting with us here in person or if you're online, it's so nice to have you watching today. For those of you that are online, I just want you to know you're missing a very disappointing moment. Um, because today, when people entered in, we had bed bread baking. Yeah. Smells pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah, um, we had uh, two bread machines out there, and they're breaking. It's, uh, so today, we're, we're trying to make it uh, like smell-o-vision, but it's not working, I don't think so. Anyway, you may be missing online. <laughs> I love bread. Bread's kind of a really cool thing. It's a great substance, and, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and so we're going to look at that today a little bit, but I, I love bread. Bread it comes in all sorts of different forms and shapes and so many different ways. My sister, Ruthie, she makes this cranberry bread. It's good alone, but then she puts lemon icing on top. I know, right? It's like, oh my goodness. You know, taking a piece of bread like that and then adding deliciousness is just beyond, uh, you know, our understanding. But bread's something that most of us really enjoy. Now today, I just want to let you know that the children have, it's called Sermon Bingo. And uh, so during the sermon, I'll be saying certain things about the children, giving hints and the, and the first one I'm going to say is uh, the B is the name of the game. All right, we're moving on. The second one, though, is one of my favorite ways that I find bread is in donuts. <laughs> Pastor Ricky and I, when we were talking about the sermon this week, he said, you should have a bunch of bread up here with all sorts of different things like, you know, Italian bread and French bread and, and donuts and muffins. And I go... And then I'd have to preach in front of that? I'd be, I'd be stuck in my day. It'd be too much of a distraction, I'm afraid, Pastor. So anyway, but yeah, the bread is, comes in all shapes and sizes. Danish, muffins, you know, it, it does, uh, it, it's great in toast. I love Thomas's English muffins because it's true. The butter and jelly fill those nooks and crannies so nice. Bread is just an awesome part of a sandwich because if you didn't have bread as part of your sandwich, it'd be just a salad. So, <laughs> so bread's kind of important. I love the Arby's roast beef. I'm a classic guy. Uh, I love classic roast beef. But you know, I, you know when I was kind of watching what I was eating, and take, I would take the, the bread out and I'd eat the... It's just not as good. I mean, it's good, but it's just not as good. It's that bread with the combination of the horsey sauce and the, the, the bun. It just makes, it's just great. There's all sorts of bread. bread. Bread just tastes better. It just makes everything taste better. You know, I, I have a son that's gluten-free, and I feel bad for him. But my wife found this really cool uh, um, gluten-free pancake mix. Oh, man, that is really good. I wouldn't mind to be gluten-free if it tasted like that. So you can make pancakes and waffles. Bread is so delicious. Yeah, it's yummy. Bread, bread, um, bread in a pie crust, if you didn't have the crust, it would just be pudding. 
not nearly as fun. Bread is such an important part of what we do. You know, it's waffles. I love waffles because, yeah, butter cooks crannies and my dad's maple syrup is like the best in the world. Taco shells are bread. And believe me, if you don't have the shell, it is just a salad. So today, okay, okay, that's probably, I gave you enough. I think you understand that bread's pretty important and I like bread. Okay, I'll give you one more. Maybe two. (laughs) Don't you like going to those big fancy restaurants where they bring the bread and it's warm? And then you can put it in butter and sometimes they bring out this fancy oil stuff and you can dip it in the oil and... Man, that stuff is good. And and, an Olive Garden, how about them long sticks with the... Are you kidding me? That stuff is delicious. I love bread. Anyway, I've got to the point where I love bread. And so Jesus claims to be the bread of life. And bread of life is, is, is really important. We need to look at that today. So what I'm going to do is we're going to teach through this scripture a little bit at a time, and I'll make some remarks, and we'll move on, okay? So our, um, our scripture reading for today begins in verse uh, 26, actually. It says of our, in John chapter 6, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me but I fed, because I fed you. Not because you understand the miraculous sign, but don't be concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life that the Son of God can give you. For the, God the Father has given me the seal of this approval. They replied, and this is the group of people, they replied and they said, We want to perform works, God's works. We want to do this too. What should we do? And then Jesus told them this, and this is really important. He says, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe. Believe in me. Believe in the one who has sent me, Jesus said. And then they said, show us a miraculous sign so that we will believe. Let me give you a little background of this whole scenario here. Jesus, the day before, had a multitude of people. Some of these people were those people. And uh, they didn't have any any means by which to uh, get fed. You know, the disciples came up to Jesus and said, hey, we need to send these people away because we've got, you know, there's no way we can feed them. And Jesus says, you give them the food. You give them what you need. And uh, and said, well, we don't have anything. And Jesus said, really? We don't have anything? He said, oh, well, there's one boy here. He's a young boy. He's got five loaves and two fish. See, everybody thinks the miracle of this story is turning those fish to feed all those people and the bread. The reality is the true miracle was getting a lunch from a boy. But Jesus takes this and he breaks it and they saw this miraculous sign. They just saw it and it's like they're, they're amazed by it. And, and so now they're saying they want this. See, the background of this is people just saw this miracle happen and then what did they ask for? They asked for another miracle. They asked for another miracle. Their response is, we want to do this same thing. We want to do the works of God like you're doing. And, and, and in some ways, they were trying to exploit Jesus. 
They had found their cash cow in some ways. They wouldn't have... Uh, they wouldn't have to work so hard to get their food anymore because Jesus was going to take care of them and give them the bread of life. But they were seeking the wrong kind of food, weren't they? Jesus attempts to make everything clear right here in the beginning as he continues on the scripture. So, so the, the people then come as we continue our scripture reading. He says, what can we do? After all our ancestors... After all, our ancestors ate manna while, while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, let me tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread that comes from God. The one who comes down from heaven to give you life to this world. And then and, and they all said, please, give us this bread every day. See, they still had in this mind that Jesus was going to feed them every day this physical manna from heaven. The story of Moses in, is very interesting because, uh, as you know, Moses leads his people out of Egypt. <clears throat> he leads them out of Egypt. I'm repeating this for the children. He leads them out of Egypt. So, that, um, so as he leads them out of Egypt, their provisions uh, eventually ran out. When they were leading them out of Egypt, the, the, the Egyptians were throwing money. They were throwing food. They, here, take this, take that, jewelry. Every, they were giving them all that. But after about 30 days, they must have run out of provision. And so the Egyptians... Uh, couldn't, the Israelites couldn't understand why in the world, what are we going to do now? So what do they do? Instead of really asking Moses and God for direction, they begin to complain. Exodus 16, verses 3 and 4 says, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with mead and ate the, all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord says to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them to see whether or not they follow my instructions. So God provides manna from heaven. Manna, in some ways, I think in many ways, is kind of a foreshadowing of Jesus. Because manna is a provision, and Jesus is the great provider. It's a provision. It also demonstrates the presence of God or the evidence of God. And so it's through Jesus that we can come face to face with God. Bread, bread sent from God to meet the needs of his people. That's Jesus. But not only, it's not physical, it's a spiritual. As I was thinking about this sermon this week, I was thinking about all what we would consider essential workers because it totally changed, didn't it, in the last three or four months. Essential workers became people like truck drivers. Those that used to be in the passing lane when we're trying to get by 
and we used to get mad at. Now we're just going, okay, go ahead, thank you, stock our shelves. You're essential. Grocery store people, people that are stocking shelves, I mean, it's amazing. You know, they're essential workers. Those that work in the paper towel manufacturing, essential. And so Jesus becomes this essential bread of life for all of us. The Old Testament uses the bread and the symbol of the bread all the time. It's so important, and it becomes so, so much a part of the children of Israel and their worship. As a matter of fact, uh, <clears throat> there was showbread made every week that went on the altar in front of, it went on a table in front of the altar in the, in the, uh, in the temple. And this showbread, as it says in uh, Exodus 25, verse 30, it just says that this is, it demonstrates the presence of God, the evidence of God's presence, the evidence of his presence. Priests would let, uh, would, at the end of the week, they would eat this bread in a holy place as a prophetic symbol of God's provision. Did you get that? Try to begin to grasp the parallel between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the showbread and Jesus, the bread of life. The showbread being the provision physically, but it was also a symbol of God's presence. It, uh, it actually means bread of God's face, showbread. God wants us to live face-to-face -face with him. The purpose of de uh, the showbread was to demonstrate God's provision, yes, but it was also to demonstrate God's pro uh, presence with us. So as they would eat this, they would be mindful or remember that God had provided for them as in the Old Testament through manna from heaven. Much like we do now when we receive communion, isn't it? The provision of salvation and the presence of Jesus always. Table, altar, that on the altar. And the last thing we see that is this, that Jesus says, and he replies to them, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Bread is one of those foods that people just understand. It is good. It sustains us. Back in these days when Jesus was speaking to this, it, there weren't, um, it was kind of a staple of the food that they would eat that day. Some forms of bread is a part of our everyday meal, our culture. But back then it was an essential part of their meal. It was probably the centerpiece or the cornerstone. As many people in this Palestinian region would often, the bread would be the main course. Without bread, they would go very hungry, maybe even starve. It was essential. By referring to himself as the bread of life, Jesus is saying he's, in, he's, as, he's essential. And without him, we will die. We, without him, we will be hunger, hungry. 
And there's constant, there's this constant battle, isn't there, between the material things and spiritual things in life? No, material things are good, but spiritual things are far better. And that's what Jesus teaches us. These people say, we want to do these miracles. Why? So that they could be powerful, so that they could, what was their motive behind it? Was it really to do the work of the ministry? Or was it so that they wouldn't have to work again? See, they needed the inner miracle, the less obvious, the more powerful bread, the miracle that comes from repenting of our sins and forgiving uh, and, and having our forgiveness given to us by Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our bread of life. For in that decision, we experience the miracle of a saved soul and a forgiven heart. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. And I think what he was saying to us is that we need to understand that he is everywhere with us. He is all around us. It's interesting because in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 30, it's a story of communion. It says, you know, you're very familiar and you'll probably hear Pastor Ricky even say today, this is my body which is given for you the bread so he took bread he said and he gave thanks over it and then he broke it into pieces and he said this is my body given for you and then he said in the same way he took the cup the covenant between God and his people and then he says this in agreement and confirmed in my blood do this in remembrance do this in remembrance of me and so before we do all this before we take the time this morning to, to receive communion we also need to examine our hearts and lives. We need to be made right. We need to be made right. That's why we should constantly examine our hearts and lives. I love the part where it says, do this in remembrance of me. So every time the people of, of Israel would eat bread and drink of the cup, they should be mindful. Can you imagine if we do that every meal? We could be mindful of what Christ did for us, how he sacrificed himself for us, how he gave himself for each and every one of us. And so it's important today as we prepare our hearts for communion that we receive the bread of life today. When you receive the bread, you can receive it in two ways. One, that he is your spiritual, essential individual in your life. And then secondly, he is our spiritual provider. He makes the way for us. He is our bread of life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son so that through him we could have life. We thank you that bread is such an important thing, especially to them and to us, Lord. And help us to remember, just like we need bread to live, 
We need you to live within, live within us so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. communion today for those who are joining us online to hopefully you got your elements uh, ready as we prepare to consecrate the elements of communion today and thank you pastor Gill for bringing a message of Jesus says reminding us that he is the bread of life doing this is a great thing as we we are reminded that Christ gives us life on the night before he gave himself up for you and for me, he had a meal with his disciples and he took the bread. And for those of you who are home, whatever element you have, you can lift up. And Jesus gave thanks. He then broke it. He said, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. He then took the cup and he gave thanks and told them, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. So before we take communion today, remembering what Christ has done for us, let us take a moment to reflect on the message that was given today, but also in our own personal life to remember what Christ has sacrificed that he has done for us. An opportunity you can ask for forgiveness. And just pause for a moment and just talk to God where you are. And then we'll close out with these, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, God, for forgiving us, remembering what you have done for us. And one of the things, not just for the broken bread and the wine, but that you taught us how to pray when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen, amen. For those of you who are at home, you have two minutes to be able to share uh, with those, the loved ones in your place, and then I'll provide an opportunity for those who are here for their instructions.